Welcome to the Double Eye Show, the Fantasy Island Fantasy Football Edition. And today with me, as always, R.W. King. King, how Rah. are you today? That's my roar key. I'm ready to go, man. Fired you up, ready? bro. You ready? You fired you know, up? Another fine day here in Southern California, man. Let's do it, man. Let's start talking some fantasy football, bro. Let's bring it. All right, so what do we got today, King? Well, I think what we're going to do is we're going to continue on our divisional talk again, and we're going to break down the AFC East. So, you know, again, there's another stacked division full of guys, and I get it, T, and people look at it like, well, the AFC East, they got some fucking shitty teams. But there's fantasy-relevant guys on those shitty teams, T. Even when we break down these lists, I always take the shitty teams because you guys look at them like, oh, fuck, who am I going to talk about? <laughs> And I'm like, fuck, dude, I, I'll take the shitty teams because I got a shot to squeeze that into five minutes, man. You know, we got our five-minute right. countdown going, you know what I mean? So uh, yeah, let's just get rolling, count. dude. We got a lot to talk about, you know what I mean? So I'm going to go ahead and start this off, and I'm going to go ahead and start talking about one of the teams in the division used to be a juggernaut, now is not so jugger, is the New England Patriots. So the New England Patriots, man, definitely tough on the fucking fantasy rosters i guess you know what i mean it's really hard to pick a guy there i think one of the things that you touched on in the last episode is that you know when schemes change when people change personnel changes on either side of the ball it affects what happens on the offensive side and i think what's happening there is they don't have their offensive coordinator that they've had the last seven or eight years in josh mcdaniel mm -hmm. that guy's been playing calling the plays he's been doing everything in the play calling now they're sort of even confused of who they want calling the plays, Matt Patricia or some other goon they got there. <laughs> so, yep. and that doesn't really bowl good for a second-year quarterback who was really, really accurate last year and really effective for what he had. They also didn't get him any weapons, man. So it's sort of like, man, okay, the kid showed some flashes last year. He's a rookie. And you didn't help him out. So I think, you know, what they're looking at is they're just looking about their system. They're going to run the ball. They're going to throw when they need to. And they're going to throw to a whole bunch of different guys. I think fantasy relevancy-wise, they don't have anything at wide receiver. I wouldn't draft any New England wide receiver. I just wouldn't touch them. You can get probably any one you want free at the end of the draft. So pick one. I, I think what they're going to be about is they're going to be about a couple tight ends. I think be able to run in the ball. So that's where I'm going to start talking. I'm going to start talking about their tight ends. They got really good tight ends in Hunter Henry and John U. Smith. John U. Smith was one of those guys from Tennessee T that he, they, he was always on the cusp, going to break out, always had the potential, but never did. Was that because of his quarterback play? Maybe. Now you got a really hyper-accurate kid who can throw the ball down the seam really well. I think this is a make or break it year for Johnny Smith in the NFL. I think he's either going to be, you know, talked about as a guy, you know, that these teams are going to want and covet in the next couple seasons or a guy who's just going to be, you know what, you were a flop dude and all you were was hype. And I think that's really what's going to happen to him. I think the guy on the other side, Hunter Henry, is basically the guy who's established himself in this league as a pretty relevant tight end. Again, double-digit touchdowns last year. Didn't have the yardage because they just weren't throwing the ball to him. But he definitely was a weapon in the red zone. And that definitely has value in fantasy. 
touchdowns are money, right? That's how you got to look at it. And this guy's going to score a lot of the touchdowns in the air. Sure, the kid, the quarterback's not going to throw for more than... He'll be lucky to get 30 touchdowns. I mean, that's the reality in this offense. Where are those 30 going to be distributed? And how are they going to be distributed? Right? There might be three or four guys that have five of them. Hunter Henry has 12. John Lee Smith has three. If that's a distribution, the guy you take there is obviously Hunter Henry, even regardless of the yardage. But I think that's that's the difficulty of drafting there. You know, and then you move on to running back. And again, you know, they're they're into a stable. But I think there's two guys that sort of have separated themselves the last couple seasons, and one was a rookie last year. And I'll start there with Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre's three down back. This guy can do it all. But he hasn't really upseated the starter. And I think he's going to get his looks, but I think you're looking at a very shared backfield again. I think the loss and retirement of James White there has going to affect them in that third down, and it's going to affect Ramondre in a positive way because I think he's going to pick up a lot of those touches. He's one of those guys who can catch the ball really well in the backfield. He's not just a bruiser up the middle. He can run between the tackles. But he's got that burst and that speed on the outside and the stuff to get him in space as a receiver to make a difference on the field. So I think he's he has potential this year, especially if the next guy I'll talk about, Damian Harris, goes down. If Damian Harris goes down, I think Ramondre has a really a good shot to be a, a, a I, I'm not a, a I'd say an RB2. Right, I don't think he can ever be an RB1 in that system because that's how Belichick operates, but that's just how it is. So Damian Harris is who he is. He has flashes. He usually does well the first half of the year. Usually gets hurt, dinged up, somebody else steps in, and then he's limited the rest of the year. That's been his MO. If he can stay on the field healthy, I can see this guy getting 12, 1,400 yards with 12 to 15 touchdowns. But again, T... It's really the system, and can these guys stay healthy? You know, that's the whole thing, and you can't draft or do anything based on health. We always talk about that. If they're healthy going in, you got to draft them like they have that. They can do that all year. But it's hard sometimes when you know the guy goes down every year. So, again, I think New England Patriots are a little bit tough fantasy-wise and not really sure if you should be really super high on anybody on that team. Well, you know, I'm with you on that part, right? I'm not high on any of these guys. And to be honest with you, King, I think you did a great job with what little you had to go with, to be honest with you. I would stay away from anybody, what, you know. Well, no, that's like I told you, dude. I, I, Dude, I had to cut this down to make the five minutes, and I went over. <laughs> you did. You know what I mean? So but, I'm just saying, dude, that's, that's yeah, it's... Well. <sighs> This fantasy no, I know. show I get stuff, it. T. You guys it's, got me like is. all. You can't. You can't keep a thoroughbred in the stable, bro. You gotta let him <laughs> turn him loose. Let me turn him loose. Your, let me hear you do your thoroughbred. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Dog. All, right, all right, there, King. Well, hey, you know what? I, I so think now I got the next team you're gonna talk about here. Yeah. Well, so the next no, thing again, yeah, it's I, I got harder because you gotta squeeze all that into five minutes, Doug. I do, I but do. You but you go ahead and take your but team it's now. Content. You're going to take the Buffalo Bills. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. It's easier content, too, for go me. Go for it. You know? All yeah, right. So ob- it, the, okay, so the obvious choice right there, it, talking about a thoroughbred, is Josh Allen, right? So Josh Allen, I mean, this guy, he's a beast. He's everything, right? He's a big body. He can run. He can take a hit. He's super accurate. He's got the deep ball. I mean, what's not to like about this guy? You know, ultimate, ultimate leader on this thing, you know, in the, within the league, he's he's the man, right? And on most guys' fantasy lists, he's number one. He really is a top quarterback on anybody's fantasy list. So I think that goes without saying. Josh Allen's going to be the guy. He's going to be the one that you want. I, and I would personally, if if he was number one quarterback and he was available, I'd reach and I would take him on my draft board any day. You know, then then that leads you into your running backs, right? And in that running back, you know, it's kind of a weird situation because no back in that, you know, over the last several years, no back in that offense has gone over a thousand yards. the The top producing back was last year was Singletary. He had the biggest yard production, and he'd even hit a thousand. He had in a eight hundred and some you know yards. So it's really not a back centric type of offense. But to be honest with you, King, we got a new offensive coordinator this year. We'll see what what happens because, you know, Dable moved on. He's with the Giants now. And so we're going to see what this new guy coming in is going to do with his running back situation. That being said, I got to say, I really like the rookie James Cook to be kind of that guy, right? We talk about rookies and maybe not taking a a rookie number one or anything, but I really think if anybody's going to have a chance at going over a thousand yards in this offense, it's really going to be James Cook because let's be, let's be honest, man. They've been trying to replace Singletary for years now and it just hasn't panned out for them. Right? So it really, James Cook is, he's, he's going to be a beast. He's going to be fantasy relevant, even as a rookie. And I really think he's going to be kind of the man over there in the back situation. You know, and that leads me into the wide receivers. Wide receiver, okay, you got Stefan Diggs. He's top five in the entire league. What's not to love about this guy, right? I mean, when they got him, you know, they just they just made him that focal point of the offense. And they're they're a pass first offense anyway. So they're really gonna be feeding him that ball. And okay, so is there a ton of talent around him? Not really. I will throw out the guy when I talk about the next guy that's a receiver. There's only really two receivers in that offense. Diggs by far is the number one kind of guy. So he's gonna get the bulk of those those touches. But then you got Gabriel Davis over there. And let me tell you, like, he's been in the league for two years already, right? So he's still really young, rookie contract. But I will say this about Gabriel Davis. He's not going to get you a ton of yardage. You know, I I think in the last two years, he's only had like a total of 65 targets each year. So he's not going to get that that big production in targets because you got Stefan Diggs there. But what he does get, King, he gets touchdowns. When they get in that red zone, Gabriel Davis, for some reason, he's like that that red zone guy. He's got he's got 18 touchdowns, I think, in the last two years. I mean, that's the kind of guy. If you're looking for points and and you already have a, a stud, and there's not a lot of dudes in there that you know that that you that you have available at you, and Gabriel Davis is there, and you're looking for points. That's the kind of guy that you're going to look for, to be honest with you. I mean, he's just going to get you points. So 
I really like Gabriel Davis as that number, probably number three, number four type of receiver, you know, because he's not going to be high on anybody's kind of list unless they're really in the know. And you could probably get him pretty cheap, you know, later rounds. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't overlook him. He's he's an under the radar in, in productivity type guy. Well, I think and the la- thing that, and that's the thing too, T. I don't mean to cut you off, but you know, we yeah. talked about ADPs and being a slave to an ADP. Uh, yep. Gabe Davis's ADP is top twenty, so yeah, he's getting drafted really high right now because of his productivity the last couple of years. Sorry about that. And lastly, King, I got you know. Dawson Knox is a tight end. Yeah, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get like a top tier tight end out of him. But don't sleep on him either, right? So if he, if you're looking for a backup tight end or if you just, let's say, tight end's not high on your list, but, you know, because you got other positions that are more important to you to draft, Daw- Dawson Knox isn't that bad. You know, he had nine touchdowns last year, so he's going to get those touches. I look to, to probably have a very similar year. So, you know, he's not a slouch, but he's not going to be there's okay, you and I've already always said this, right? About tight ends. There's the your your tier 1 guys, there's only a, a a small handful of those types of tier 1 guys at the position, and then it's a big drop off from that. So, you know, if you're not going to get those top tier guys in a tight end, let you know, let's just face it. You're looking at these lower tier guys, Dawson Knox is nothing to shake a stick at. No, I agree. I like Dawson Knox. He, he flashes. You know, I think he got hurt a little bit last year, but he's definitely worth it. I think a guy, you know, that you can't sleep on, and he's probably free in drafts. You could get him at the end of the draft, or if you have one of these different kinds of leagues that has a 20-round draft or something, you take a guy later, is Jamison Crowder. You know, they got rid mm. of, you know, Cole Beasley or whatever they had there, the guy, the Vax guy who's causing all the issues, the anti-vax whatever, guy. all the media issues and shit. Yeah, they got rid of him, and now in the slot, they have Jamison Crowder. I don't think he's going to be very fantasy relevant. He will steal a couple touchdown looks, you know what I mean? He'll get his, you know, what, four or five for the year. But he's not going to do much to take anything away. And I think, you know, I'm I'm not going to disagree with you on Gabe Davis. You know, he's definitely doing well, but I don't think he's going to be cheap, T. You know, I've already well, drafted okay. three teams and I've drafted, you know, 100 mocks and they have them rated really high just because it's, remember, everything that their draft position, it's based on stat from last year. No, I agree. And and you're, you're so absolutely right. So he had right a couple monster games last year. He did. That just made his stats look ridiculous, dude. But let me, but let me say this, right? So you, you obviously do way more mocks than I do. Right. But in the mocks that I've been doing, the only time I see Gabe Davis getting taken that high is when the dudes start turning on the auto draft in the mocks. When you when you got more guys that are doing the live draft, he's going much later than than where the PPR has him at. Again, see, and that's the thing, T, I just don't, I haven't seen that. And maybe that's in the, the stuff you're doing. But I mean, if there's a guy who's ranked just I'll give an example, like 20, and he's still on the board because the way these drafts work, that guy's number's still there and everybody else's number's behind him. He gets taken pretty quick because now it's a, a point of value. And I guess my point is is that the productivity of Stefan Diggs has dropped off from his first year to last year. 
True. From, you know what I mean? Because now the defense is going to focus on him is why Gabe Davis got those looks. Is why Dustin Knox was having big games. I don't think that's not going to continue. I think they're still going to focus on stopping Stephon Diggs. You don't want that guy to go off. You know what I mean? He's just he's the best guy on the field. And that's going to leave those opportunities again for now a well-entrenched number two in Gabe Davis, who's probably going to get a lot more receptions and looks. I mean, think about it, T. If he gets a 20% increase in receptions, if you just said he had 65, he's going to get 13 more. Right. So he's in the mid-70s. That's 20% more. That's a huge jump. That is a big jump. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you're thinking, man, put it into perception. Even with that jump, he's probably not where his ADP has him. You know what I mean? He's not. So he's that, not. And, and I agree with that. But but when you look at what his production, his production is in touchdowns, man. I mean, he's he's that red zone kind of guy, you know? And that that's what well, they've been using yes him no. for the he, last two years. He's, he's last a downfield guy, too. He stretches the field. He is. He does stretch the field. You're right. You know, and he had a game last year with five touchdowns in that shit or something like that. He did. It was crazy. Yeah. So, and that, but that's what skews his ADP, and that's why. It, and that's we, exactly we what it is. You don't live by it. You know, but there are going to be guys that take him. Just face there it: are. out of twelve team owners, somebody's going to say like, "This is the next guy. I'm going to take him." Because you want to <laughs> be that that owner who takes the right. next guy, right? Well, everybody's looking to be that guy, right? Absolutely. I mean, think about it. We're all that's and that's what this is all about. Otherwise, we you and I wouldn't be doing this show either, right? Because we're trying to find that next guy. Everybody's trying to do that. I always find the next guy, G. You know what I mean. Yes. So I'm not worried about that part. It's just I have to keep. I the hard part now is just maintaining my legacy. Because <laughs> it, it, you know, it yeah, times over. Yeah, because I just I can't just flop a season. You know. <laughs> And I even challenge myself, too, a little bit, right? Because don't you see a T2T sometimes in these leagues, guys draft, auto-draft, and their team's awesome. Every time I've ever had an auto-draft situation, which has happened a couple times, I'm in a lot of leagues, my team sucks. I remember one year I had Peyton Manning win at his broken neck. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those, my auto-team sucks. So what I do now, on purpose, I do a couple public leagues, T., because I like giving myself to the public. I do an auto oh, draft yeah. publicly because I know I'm yeah. going to get a shitty team and it's challenging. Because now I got to really work the waiver wire, work my team, put the best roster in. Sometimes I got to stream positions the whole season. So it's really challenging to me. You know what I mean? So I like that part of it. All right. Well, your your legacy is already tarnished in my book, King. But uh, you know that being said, who the hell do you got now? Well, hey, dude, I got the J E T S Jets 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 again. You know, a team where you were like, dude, I I can't carry them for five minutes. I'm like, fuck, I could barely squeeze them into five minutes too, man. They got a lot of guys, so I just got to get into it. I can't bullshit. T. Here it goes. Let's start at quarterback. Is this quarterback going to be anything? This kid's got a very live arm. Seems to be a little bit more athletic type of Johnny Manziel with a bigger arm. Let's see if he can make that jump this year. They got this kid weapons this year, and let's see if he could really pan out and take that next step. Until then, I really don't even think I really want him. I might take him as a backup guy if there's nobody else available. But I think other than that, I really don't want to play him for more than one game a season if I had to. 
I think I'm going to keep in the backfield and talk about their running backs. I'm going to start with their running back last year, Michael Carter. Michael Carter had a solid rookie season last year, and he did really well as a smallish kind of receiver. He ran well between the tackles, did the dirty work for them. He also caught the ball well out of the backfield. That being said, with that productivity and figured he's going to take that next step this year, they went and drafted the highest rated running back in the draft in Brees Hall out of Iowa State. Brees Hall was a monster. He was just an, an open field machine. If you get this kid in space, he was just gone. So they're hoping to replicate the same thing. I heard their offense is going to move him a lot in two back sets and put him out in the slot and put him in space and hopefully get him, him matched up on a linebacker and get some big chunk plays out of him. Not sure really what the share is going to be there, so that's what worries me. Definitely, I think the upside has to go to Brees Hall just from what I saw from him in college. But I did see a little bit of injury-prone activity in college as well. You know, I watch every college game as well. T and Brees Hall was a little bit nicked up in quite a few games and missed quite a few games, especially teams that I when I bet on games and I thought he was playing because there's really not an injury report in college. You know what I mean? But anyway, that being said, I think, you know, both those running backs are mid-tier guys. I know a lot of guys are going to take an early flyer because of his ADP on Brees Hall, and that's your prerogative. He may be the next guy. I just don't have that much faith in that offense as a whole yet to really jump all over these guys. So now you go to their studs, their wide receivers, man. I really like their wide receivers. They got Corey Davis last year who established himself as their number one guy. They got their slot guy, Elijah Moore, last year, and that guy's just a beast. And they drafted Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, arguably one of the top two, three receivers in the draft, if not the best receiver in the draft. They hit a home run with this guy, too. Like I said, there's weapons all over the field. And that also being said, who's going to get the targets? Right? They really don't have much speaking for them. I think they got Austin Hooper over there, a tight end now, something like that. And I just don't know who's going to be the man. I think Corey Davis is going to get his shares, but Corey Davis gets lost in the season too. He has, you know, weeks where he just blows up and then you don't see him again for three or four weeks. So it's really tough to decipher who's going to be the guy there. If I'm going to take a guy there, it's one of the guys I mentioned a little while ago, probably Elijah Moore. You can get him probably for a good price, probably in that fifth, sixth, seventh round area. And I think he'd probably be pretty happy with his productivity there as a flex option or a bench player right there in your wide receiver four or five stack. You know, I think they are definitely going to take a an uptick this year. But again, they have a defensive-minded coach. I think everything in the NFL is offensive-minded. Let's see if this guy can adapt a little bit better than the other defensive guys in the league and see what happens, man. But... I think the Jets are definitely fantasy relevant in those mid-tiers. Brees Hall up in that upper tier. He's probably the highest rated guy there just because of his upside and what his potential is. But, you know, that's what I got for the Jets. J-E-T-H, Jets, Jets, Jets. I'm sure I'll have a couple uh, of those guys on my team. No, I'm sure you yeah. would. You know, you're really big, especially Hall. You do talk about him a lot as being very fantasy relevant, you know. And 
And, you know, kind of to just conversations that you and I have had, you, you've, you've mentioned with the Jets, they probably had the best draft out of, you know, every, all the teams la this last year. So, you know, they're they going to have a huge you impact. Know, but, but one thing you got to talk about too, and they lost Makai Becton. Oh, that's right. They yeah. did. You're so right. So their offensive line took a hit. That guy's a beast. He did. And they, did. they lost him for the season in training camp. You know, he had a knee. They said it's going to be a two to four week thing when they got in there. Whoop, whoop, put the brakes on and said, you know what, man? Homeboy's out for the year. That's why. And their quarterback already got hurt as well, T. Yeah. You know, he, he had, had a surgery. procedure this week. Wilson did and Zach Wilson, but his was basically what they thought it was. So he has a shot to be there for week one. If not, they were, you know, every, all the speculation was, can they sign Jimmy G? Do they want to do that? And they're saying, fuck, no, we're going to roll with the old man Joe Flacco. Because <laughs> you just don't want anything to upheaval the kid. You know, True. they invested a lot in that kid and a high draft pick on him, and they're going to give him every opportunity to make it work, so... And he's a little fragile, though. Well, we'll see. We'll see. That was a non-contact injury. You it know was. what I mean? So we'll see how his year out. plays out. It was his second year. You know, his body's developing a little bit more. He was banging one of his mom's friends, so he's getting a little bit more mature. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we'll get into that in another show. But hey, that's that for another show. <laughs> go ahead, T. Go ahead and talk about the fish. You got the fins. You're up with the dolphins. I got the fins. All right, so with the Dolphins, the obvious one. Well, not so obvious, right? Because, you know, there's so many things to talk about when it comes to the Dolphins this year. But to me, the number one thing, yeah, it's great. Everybody's talking about Tyreek Hill, the cheetah. But really, let's face it, everything begins and ends with Tua this year. This is Tua's year to either shit or get off the pot, right? This is There's no more messing around. They went out and got him some some weapons, right? They they added, you know, two running backs. They they added Tyreek Hill. I mean, this is really Tua's year to shine. And if he can't get it done this year, if they can't even make it into the playoffs this year, then I really do think that they're gonna move on from him. But let's just face it, right? Tua gets a lot of crap, right, for not kind of being that guy he's he's not one of those guys that a lot of people always pick as a top of their list or anything like that but Tua is very accurate he is an accurate thrower he doesn't throw the deep ball very pretty as as far as like he doesn't he doesn't throw it that far right he'll throw it 30 yards straight up but he is a very accurate passer you know I really think he's going to be a good mid to late round pickup for your QB, if not a QB two on your roster. But I really do think, you know, he is worthy of picking up just not really high when it comes to picking him, you know, which leads me to Chase Edmonds. They got, or the whole running back core, they got Chase Edmonds and Raheem Moster this year, right? Edmonds coming from the Cardinals, Raheem Moster coming from the Niners. To be honest with you, I don't really fancy either back i don't really think I mean, it's going to be a split back system i think chase edmonds is going they to just get signed them. ap bro i heard adrian peterson was available too dude he's every that. year I'm he's available every year he's available man come on maybe maybe he's got court cases or nothing or did he clear those up too but hey, don't be dogging my boy ap man i'm just saying but 
Chase Edmonds will probably be the clear cut, you know, number one guy there, even though it's going to be a, a running back by committee type of situation. But I really do think, uh, for me at least, I'm not looking at, at getting either running back high on my draft board. It would probably be, you know, a mid to late round. These these are going to be like a third and fourth type of running back in, in your your team i wouldn't go any high because really let's let's face it right Let, and let, let's go to the elephant in the room we got the cheetah right which is tyreek hill you know he, he's coming over and and let's be honest guys because he even kind of said it and alluded to it himself he came over because of the huge contract because of the money he get you know they gave him that that kansas city wasn't going to give him right and even though he's not really admitting it we all know that it's a step back as having Tua as your quarterback versus Mahomes. So expect him to have a, a, a regression. And I think he's starting to, and, and I know this isn't going to be very popular, but let's let's just face it, right? He's been in the league for a while. He is going to start to decline. And I really think you're going to start seeing that happen maybe even faster if Tua is going to be his long-term quarterback. With that said, though, he's still going to get the touches. He's still going to get, you know, the the receiver one type of throws to him, right? But you also got guys that are going to double team him, things like that. You know, last year, most of his receptions and yards came from a five-yard dump pass, and then he blew up, right, because he's so fast. Same thing's going to happen with Jalen Waddle this year. Jalen Waddle's doing the same thing. He's He does the exact same. He's like Cheetah, but just different right not as fast but pretty damn fast too right he's right up there so these are two scary guys that you have as receivers they're i guess to your point there king about like you know how many mouths you have to feed with the fact that the the running game is really not going to be a huge factor or i don't see it as a big factor in this offense i really think that they're just going to feed both of these guys that frees up more touches and, and more feeding for these guys to be able to take over right and gaseki he's more of a hybrid type of tight end so i don't really expect him to be a huge impact in this team because he's going to be like a slot catching and, and blocking tight end. You know, he's not really going to blow it up. He's going to be like a very late round tight end pickup. He's not going to be a number one tight end kind of guy. He's going to be your backup, you know, or maybe even just a waiver guy to fill in a gap if somebody goes down or you, you draft only one tight end, you know, and you need to fill in a spot or something. But I really wouldn't put too much merit in him. And that's what I got for the fish, King. No, hey, that's that's definitely your opinions, you know. I mean, I like Gaiseki a lot. I think he's a guy who can possibly break into that top tier. And I think one guy you didn't mention I just want to throw out there a little bit to you is don't forget about Miles Gaskin in that backfield. You know, Miles Gaskin was yeah. actually fantasy relevant the last couple seasons. So But it's a crowded backfield now and I think he he kind of I mean, he he drops to number 3 and if the number 1 and 2 guys aren't going to be that relevant gaskin's going to be even less relevant i feel i'm just looking at raheem mostert's career he's going to get hurt again you know sorry true he, he gets well, hurt both, every I mean, year chase edmonds and mostert have well a, i think a, that, you know they history. want to use chase edmonds more in the in the uh, the passing aspect from the running back position and that's what they got him for that's what he excels at he does arizona at gave that. him the opportunity to be the run between the tackles guy and he got beat up last year and that's why james connor stepped in and was the man there but I think Miles Gaskin still has a role carved out in this offense. 
you know, and I think he has value. So we'll see. And, and, you know, like you said, I mean, everything you said could be spot on and everything I'm saying could be, you know, right up my ass. It's just the way it is. But that that wraps up the AFC East. You know, now these lists are going to be a little bit different, T. You know, it's going to be a little bit harder to make these lists now with the top three guys. So, Oof. yeah, right? You're going to have to pick three of the top three quarterbacks here with some fantasy relevance in this division. I mean, obviously, you know, one is easy. But, yeah, why don't you go ahead and start us off with your quarterback list, starting from three and going up to one really quick, T. All right, so my number three has got to be Zach Wilson with the Jets, only just because of his potential. I really think that if healthy, you know, and, and the weapons around him, he 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 really is going to have a much better year, very productive. And, and I really think, you know, in a very limited quarterback type of talented division, He's he's gonna be possibly the number three. I, I I don't I think there's gonna be a big big gap between that, which leads into my number two is gonna be Tua. I think Tua does have the potential to to actually have a really good year, but it's one of those things like what we talked about before. You know, we talked about the fact that you know it could be a boom bust type of year. He could either shit the bed or he could really I mean really have a hell of a year for him, right? So I think he's gonna be number two. And obviously, number one, Josh Allen, you just, I mean, come on. It, it, it's not even close. Two is a very distant second to Josh Allen. I mean, that just goes without saying. No, absolutely. So that's my, yeah, no, that's my top 100%. three. 100%. No, and I think my, my I mean, obviously, you got to keep the kid, Mac Jones, out of the list and just how you're going to drop the other three. You know, my three are basically the same way, just a little bit split. You know, I got, you know, I got Wilson as the number two guy just because of his arm talent. You know, I think that they upgraded Ooh. their receivers a little bit more than just one guy. And I think they have the room full of weapons for him. So I think he has the opportunity for the more success there. So, again, Josh Allen being number one, that would leave Tua number three. And, again, I think Tua, this is his make it or break it year. You know, Definitely. But moving on from quarterbacks, let's go into our running back list, T. And I'll go ahead and start it off then. We're going to start it off. I'm going to go my number three running back in this division. It's going to be Ramondre Stevenson out of New England, who I think is a very intriguing pick there. I think that it's one of these guys who can who can excel in a lot of different aspects. I think that this division's tough on running backs because there's committees all over these teams. You know what I mean? I think it's sort of hard to figure out, but... I like Ramondre a lot. I, I drafted him last year and had a lot of shares in him, and I think he's going to take a step this year. My number two is Devin Singletary. I like what I saw from him the last three or four games last year, and I think they're going to commit the ball, commit to running the ball a little bit more. I think they want to run the ball a little bit more. You know, and I think, like I said, it's just this division's a little bit weird and a little bit tough, you know, as far as, you know, any fantasy relevance as far as running backs. And the Miami backfield is just so tough. That, you know, I'm pulling a T here and I'm going to pick two guys from the same team. And I'm going to put Damian Harris as my number one guy just because he's the goal line guy. He's the starter week one. He's going to get the bulk of the carries in that offense. And they are going to move the ball. They will score some. You know, they're not going to be shoot the lights out kind of team and him get a shitload. But he's going to have a couple multiple touchdown games. So I think Damian Harris will be my number one running back in that division. What oh, you wow. got, T? What you got? 
So I, my my list differs slightly from yours, right? I got Devin Singletary as my number three. I agree with what you're saying that they do want to run the ball. They do want to kind of spread it out, but I don't see him kind of being, you know, anything higher than what he did last year, to be honest with you. And and with with, with James Cook coming on board as a rookie, I and I, I really do think that Cook's gonna start to outshine Singletary. So I, I can't go much higher than where he's at it for me on my list at number three. Which leads me to number two, and I got I got to go right now with Chase Edmonds. To be honest with you, kind of to your point, King, you know they they are going to use him as kind of a out of, you know coming out of the backfield type of runner. He's not he's going to be catching it. He's not going to be going between the tackles, but he's he's definitely going to get his touches. So even though he's not going to be doing it in the like just pure running sense, I really think he's probably going to be the the second most fantasy relevant in this division for the running backs. And number one, I actually got James Cook. I really think he's going to have a huge impact this year. I think from a rookie standpoint, he's just he's going to he's going to turn a lot of heads. I think if you if you put him on your roster, you know, you you I don't think you can go wrong with him. And I really think he's going to start, you know, kind of showing guys what he can do. And I, he he's going to start making everybody regret drafting Singletary, you know, if they get Singletary instead of him. No, and I know you know I like James Cook, and I'm the guy who actually turned you on to him before the draft even happened, the NFL True. draft, you know, that he was, you know, really big at coming out of Georgia, Dalvin Cook's little brother. And, but I just feel like, Buffalo is one of those teams that rewards loyalty. And the one guy I thought for sure was just asked out because he was on the shitter last year was Zach Moss. But I'm watching the preseason, and they're giving him the goal line carries. That was supposed to be his role last year. And they said he's really made a lot of steps this year in the offseason, and he's committed himself, and they're really high on him again. So it's hard. But he's on the bubble, too. Well, I don't think so because they're going to carry at least four or five running backs. Just that's how the thing works. So I think both those guys and Cook are pretty solid there. You know what I mean? That's pretty easy. But if it's bubble, it's about their his playing time. I just I'm worried. I'm worried about what they're going to give the kid. You know what I mean? But hey, way to put your coconuts out there again, T. I'm gonna go ahead and drop my receivers, man. Yeah, hey, dude, you're doing what you do, bro. That's all I'm saying. Right. You be you. Remember, that's what we said I'm in the beginning, me. dude. Don't fucking worry about any lists, ADPs. You do you, dude. All right? You do you, boo. All right? All right, man. So my three wide receivers. This was the toughest part of this division, I think, because basically everybody except New England has more than one receiver. I mean, they all got pretty decent receivers. So, you know, and I'm thinking that, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go my number three receiver. In this division, oh, this is tough, T. This is tough, man. This is hard. I'm fighting <laughs> myself right now. All right, I'm going to go Stephon Diggs, number three. Ooh. Yeah. And, and just because of the maturation, you like that word? Maturation of Gabriel Davis. I like it. You know what I mean? Right. I think that it's going to take a little bit away from him. I think that Josh Allen wanted to spread the ball out a little bit more. And the willingness of Stephon Diggs to be a team guy. 
is going to also allow him to all you know just stay in that mid level thousand yards, eleven hundred yards, not really hit that fourteen or fifteen hundred like he did the first year. So I think with that being said, he'd be my number three guy. My number two guy. Oh shit, this is hard. It's going to be Elijah Moore. I love me some Elijah Moore. I love that kid. I think he can get behind anybody. He's a pocket Tyreek Hill. He's like a little pocket-sized Tyreek Hill. And I really think with the arm talent that Zach Wilson has, he's going to have what's going to be a breakout year for him. And he's going to really excel versus his ADP this year. My number one guy still has to be Cheetah. I think Cheetah in that division is going to still show that, you know what, yeah, he might not be able to get all the 60, 70-yard bombs anymore, but he's still going to get 60 or 70-yard touchdowns from a five-yard pass. So that's my 3T. I know it's a little bit screwball, but now go ahead and screw yours or throw yours a screwball, whatever it is. You know what I meant. All right, so my number three guy, you know, is Elijah Moore. I do like Elijah Moore. I, I I think you're absolutely right with what you're saying. I just don't have him that high like you. I think you're a little bit higher on him because for whatever reason you fell in love with him. Sometimes you do that, you know. But, hey, he, he, is, he is a pocket Tyreek Hill, and he is really good. So, you know, Zach Wilson kind of getting better and with, with all the, that whole new dynamic over there, yeah, I do. I do see him being a very solid wide receiver this year. That's why I got him number three. I think I, I need to see a little bit more. I need to see what what Zach Wilson can do with him in order to be able to get him higher on that list. But he does have potential to even go. Up. And number two for me is Stefan Diggs. You know, Stefan Diggs is still going to get fed. He's still going to be the man over there. You know, Gabriel Davis. Yes, he's great. But Stefan Diggs is the guy. So I it's it's hard for me to to kind of get off of him and and put him lower than than number two you know just because of you know josh allen throwing him that ball and and josh allen loves him so you know they're gonna feed him and he's gonna look for him every chance he gets so leads me number one same thing as you tyree kill the cheetah right yeah you know to your point there king you know he's not gonna get those big bombs he's not gonna get all that type of stuff but you know what he's still gonna be very productive and he's going to make it work. And he's going to be able to feast off of the rest of the division. I really think. I mean, well, this, I mean this guy that's is just, yet to be special. seen. He, I mean, we're going to see him play the division twice. So it's, they're right. going to key on him. He's got to know their weaknesses. And that's going to be interesting, too, to figure out, T. But, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely, well, but, yeah. But I, he's a good player, no, and he figures those things he's out. He's a top guy at his position. He is. You know, and again, yeah. So it's hard to bet against Yeah, him. no, absolutely, man. You know, and, and we just got to keep rolling, T, so don't mean to cut you off and stop you, but, you know, Tyreek Hill being both our number ones, it's it's basically the same thing. Like we were saying, T, just like in all divisions, man, there's only a couple tight ends in this division. Why don't you get and jump on the top couple tight ends, then, T? Really, in this division, there's only kind of two that, that really stand out. And really, to be honest with you, I only got one. Dawson Knox, to me, is the only one that really stands out. Come on, you got to throw Gaiseki in there, dog. Well, Gaiseki's, yeah, I mean, that's, Gaiseki's actually more proven than Knox just because... And, and, dude, Gaiseki makes some great catches, dude. He's not a, he he's not a blocker. He's a pass-catching threat. I like Gaiseki No, but they use him as a blocker. That's why he's a hybrid. So he, they use him a lot in the blocking scheme. And then they, they're lining him up as a slot-catching tight end, too. So, you know, 
he's it, to me it's just going to be a little bit more tougher for him to be able to get those catches but i mean i like talk i like dawson knox ahead of him but Gesicki's good man and he's he's he would be my number two and then knocks my number one but i don't have a number three in this division because no, i like really hunter henry to too about. like i said hunter henry's a touchdown machine you know but hey Let's just go through this. That's basically it. No kickers, no defense. Justin Tucker's not in this division, so we're not going to talk about anybody. <laughs> so is there anything else you want to throw? Like I said, this division, I think, too, it's, a little, it's, it's changing. New England's definitely not the dominant team. They definitely don't have a stranglehold on it for, you know, since Brady left, even when he was Not anymore. There. Yeah. It's Josh Allen's division. Two is trying to be relevant. There's going to be some intriguing storylines this year, man. So I'm looking forward to it. But hey, good shit again, T. Great job, buddy. We blew through the AFC East. And thanks for everybody for listening, man. All right, we'll catch everybody on the next one. Out. Late. Yeah.